now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, Stan and Wendy, they have the night off. And even myself, I'm playing a little hooky right now. Even as we speak, I'm hopefully catching Yellowtail with Chuck Taft aboard the Legend out of H&M Landing. We went out on an overnight trip. Chuck, Chuck had an excellent rate, $170. Go down the Mexican coast, come back and fish the island. So that's what I'm doing right now. Now, So in lieu of that, what I've got is we've got an all-recorded show tonight, but you're going to enjoy the guest we have. We've got Pat McDonald from Western Outdoor News with us. We've got Luis Alameda. He's the president of San Diego Anglers. We're going to hear a little bit about their organization. We've got Bob Vanian. He's going to be telling us what the current fishing conditions are off our Southern California coast. And then to end it all up, Captain Chris Randall. He's not only going to be talking about the fishing, but he's also going to be talking about the brand new bluefin tuna regulations that have come down the pike that uh, were just released during the middle of the week. So if we can, ask you to sit back, relax, pour your favorite beverage, because it's time for Rod and Reel Radio. So Ben, take it away with the interviews we have, and thank you for listening. Hey, we're at the International Yellowtail Derby kickoff party, and we are with Pat McDonald, the editor of Western Outdoor News. Pat was one of the speakers tonight. Pat, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Uh, thank you very much for having me. You know, we uh, we said that if you're interested in wedding a line of the Sierras or going down to Cabo San Lucas to fish for Big Marlin, you're the guy to talk to. You seem to be ubiquitous. You are everywhere, and uh, who can have a better job than that? Uh, well, I'm pretty fortunate to have the job I have, especially nowadays when the fishing's so good. And I was up at the Sierra, and although it was cold opening day, it warmed up, and the fishing has just been fantastic up there. And uh, now I'm back here in uh, beautiful Southern California, and Yellowtail are going off. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really good season. Well, we talking a little bit about the Yellowtail bite over here. Uh, what makes you think that it has stayed so good for this long? Because there really hasn't been any opening or closing of the season it just seems to have happened all year 
Well, I don't think it's any big secret. We've had extremely, uh, we've had warmer water, warmer water than usual. Okay, so that's one factor. We've also had uh, top to bottom, the thermocline is very, very deep. So when the when the when the weather uh, turns and we get some wind, we're not having that flip over of water, as you might say, turnover. So the conditions have been very very consistent. We've had bait come in because the water is very very clean and clear. So when you have clean, clear, warm water and bait, the fish are going to stick around. And it hasn't been a cold period uh, in there anywhere. So the fish have just come up and stayed. And uh, I think it's going to continue all the way through this spring and into the summer. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about the bait because we know there has been, uh, uh, you know, some reduction of the quotas that can be taken by the commercial guys for sardines. Mm-hmm. Yet it still seems like, at least down here in San Diego, the Everham brothers are still managing to come up with sardines. And it still seems to be the bait of choice mm-hmm. here. Oh yeah, the, uh, the this situation with the sardine, it's a, it's a commercial only. Uh, our our end of it, uh, Everingham Brothers and any uh, bait operations, those are all exempted in this. I don't think anybody who uh, is in the on a sport boat or has a private boat should worry about whether uh, this bait is going to be available. There's a lot of mackerel also around, so that hasn't changed at all. So I don't think there's anything to worry about on this sardine. It really does not have anything to do with us. If it goes down to a certain level, then it will be. But right now, we're well above that uh, level because of this warm water. So whenever you have a, there's a cause and effect of everything. Whenever you have warmer water, you're going to have better fishing. The bait situation is going to be affected by that, and that's what we're seeing. So great fishing bait issues so but we're not in that situation right now right now uh, the bait uh, availability is uh, there's no no problem at all with that well you know when we think of western outdoor news not only is a publication but it's an organization that organizes some great tournaments you got billy egan that does the trout derby Mm -hmm. the striper derby the u.s open in las vegas the norcal open Mm -hmm. up at uh, clear lake great uh, uh freshwater events there but Boy, you are the guy for the saltwater events, and you've got a f- one coming up here that is going to be really exciting. Well, we've got a number of events coming up for saltwater. I mean, uh, in th- on Thursday, we're going to have a shootout up at the Channel Islands for, with four uh, boats. We've got uh, a sport boat one down here in about three months with uh, H&M Landing. But the Catalina one, which was uh, is a private boat event, that is going to be May 16th and 17th at Catalina. I think it's like the 20th uh, White Sea Bass Championship out of two harbors. So, uh, of course... The white sea bass are not real prevalent right now. There's not a lot of them in the waters. Uh, the, the squid haven't really shown up. Again, warm water, squid yeah. like cold water. It's easier to target these fish along the coast and at the islands on, on nest. We're not seeing that many. So it's the good and the bad aspect of it. Uh, so right now, it's uh, a lot of guys in this tournament at Catalina are going to be targeting uh, the other eligible species, which is yellowtail and halibut. And there's going to be some, uh, some white sea bass also. It's an islands-only tournament, and of course you can get all the information about it at wonews.com. Uh, but it's going to be a great tournament. We're getting a lot of people signing up, and they all realize that uh, it's a two-fish weigh-in this year, and might be uh, a white sea bass or a halibut, or a halibut and a halibut, might be two big white sea bass. So everybody really has a shot at, at the money and the, 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 big, the big fish prize of 1000 bucks and all the drawings. So it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good event. It's tiring. You've got to be out there all night. Uh, you don't have to be, but a lot of guys do, and it's, it can be a very arduous uh, uh, tournament, but it's exciting. 
exciting. Well, you know, I, I'm always excited to talk about white sea bass because the resurgence of the white sea bass population and the quality of white sea bass we've been seeing, not only here in our local kelp, mm-hmm. kayak fishermen just seem to slay the white sea bass. They're the mm-hmm. guys that almost seem to rule the world, but mm-hmm. the white sea bass population seems to be really good right now. It really is. It's Even if the white sea bass aren't up here this year, because it, it was fantastic three years ago. It was really good two years ago, and last year it was it was very good. It wasn't incredible. And now we had this resurgence of warm water that coming in, and so it's other species are biting, and the, and the squid are not spawning. We're not getting those big uh, big nests. So, but we do know one thing that the white sea bass population has definitely improved uh, over the last 20 years. It was almost decimated uh, as a result of the gill nets in the nearshore areas. The uh, the gill net initiative that was in 1990 was implemented finally in 1993. It's taken a lot of the fish out of the nets and kept them in the water. And, of course, the spawning and everything else, we're now we're seeing this massive uh, this, this elevator of, of fishing as it, uh, as it increases. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing some incredible fishing, plus all of the hatchery issues, uh, all the, the, the work, all the grow-out facilities. We've got almost a dozen along the coast raising 4-inch hatchery fish all the way up to 8-9 inch so they can survive. So we're seeing... Good conservation. We're seeing commercial being pushed away from the uh, the coastal areas and the islands. And this is and what we're seeing now is we're seeing a great influx of uh, fish for sport fishing. So it's very exciting. It's, it's it's an example of what can be done if you uh, if you manage your resource and do the right things. And while we're on that, why don't you just remind us because a lot of fishermen are not used to going out and catching white sea bass. What are the limits on white sea bass size and everything else like that? We should be paying attention to. Well, right now it's one fish, and in June. Uh, 17th, I believe, or something. It's the, uh, it turns to, uh, um, it goes to uh, three fish. So it's a spawning. Right now, they're considered to be spawning. So therefore, it's one fish, uh, 28 inches minimum. Um, and then uh, later on, it turns to three fish. So uh, it, spawning cycles are very cyclical, also. So, uh, but I don't think it's going to be an issue right now. I think it's going to be difficult for people to catch three fish for a while. And the size limit? Size 28. All right. Yeah. Now, what's the deal with the heads? A lot of people know. Hey. Uh, I've got to do something with the head to help. You know, I want to help out the resource. I've got to do something with the head. What's the deal with the head? And that's a great question. Uh, And that's a question I've gotten quite a bit because of this tournament. uh, At the Carlsbad Hatchery, uh, they put in a little tiny binary wire and it has it's coded it's called a binary code wire and so they implant it in the cheek of every four inch little tiny fish that they raise the hatchery and they take to the grow facilities so when those uh fish are released whether they're four thousand or seven thousand every uh every three months or so and they raise them to seven inches those fish all have a little binary tag in there and you when you catch a uh, sea bass, you don't know whether that binary tag is in the cheek. The only way you're going to find that out is if, if somebody takes a wand and goes and checks it. No, the wand is going to go off if there's a hook in there or the little tiny wire tag. And the only way that you can get that to happen is you can do the Catalina tournament, which they'll have a hub Sea World uh, people at the at the dock, and they're going to check for those wire tags. Or you can cut the heads off and take them to any one of uh, I think almost like 25. Uh, listed areas, whether they're landings or tackle shops. And I just want to be very clear about this. The list is very clear. It's right there on the Hub's white, uh, the Hub SeaWorld White Sea Bass. Um, you go to the ORHEP, and then you go in there, and the, you can see the listing of all the places where you can take those in. Oceanside, Hellgren's, uh, there's, uh, like, there must be 
um, 25, 25 locations along the coast that you can take them. Many of them are landings. So, yeah, take them there, drop them off, and, uh, and know that uh, it's going to be scanned and they're going to check and see. Because the more data they get, the more that they can uh, know about the, the habits of YCBS and also justify the fact that they, the, the hatchery system is working. We just need more people to turn in the heads. You know, we're speaking with Pat McDonald, editor of Western Outdoor News, and Pat, you know, I know there's nothing better you like to do than sit behind a desk all day and edit copy from a bunch of guys like me that don't know how to write, try to fit into the newspaper and everything else like that. So when they say, Pat, it's time to go out and do one of the tournaments, you go, oh, no, not again. But the prime tournament that comes up, you got to get excited about the tuna tournament down in San Jose del Cabo. That is exciting. Yeah, and it's quite a bit of money, and it's involved in a lot of people. It's uh, we had we had 131 teams last year, right? Even even with Hurricane Odile that came through, you know, we uh, we didn't even know if the tournament was uh, was going to happen. I, well, I can tell you this: the tournament was going to happen. We were going to sure. hold it no matter what, and the Bisbees was the same way. Um, and so we had 131. We started it 16 years ago, thinking that let's do a kind of a Bisbee type thing that's affordable for the average guy, and it's only a thousand dollars to enter. But you can enter all the way up to twenty-three thousand dollars. So uh, so people who are newcomers they can get in for a little bit and have a lot of fun have a great event we try to make it it's over four days two days of fishing and uh the optionals are optional that's that's why they call them optionals so you can get in for a little bit of money and a lot but it's exciting and it's coming up uh every first uh um every first wednesday through saturday in november it never changes it's uh this year it's november 5th through the 8th and um it's all there on wonews.com, and there's a website, loscobblestunajackpot.com, and it's all there. And people say, how much does it cost to enter and all this? And I say, well, you know, you can do all this. I have it all listed, and it costs uh, about the same as about $2,000 for each person to get in at a, at a level that you'd be like, if you won and you got a big fish, you're going to win some serious money in it. Uh, but if you lose, it's not going to be such a detriment, a terrible thing. So, uh, but I can tell you right now, we have a lot of people that come back year after year after year from the Yukon, Japan, Norway, uh, Canada, the lower parts of Canada, and of course the East Coast. We have a lot of teams from the East Coast. So it's not just a bunch of California guys going down fishing. And of course the Mexican teams. It's very exciting to have to be fishing with the Mexican teams, and it's uh, very much a American. Mexico International Tournament. So it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good time, and I have a lot of friends down there, and it's been fun over the last 16 years. You know, people outside the sport, they look at these tournaments and say, well, you're going down there, and it's a party disguised as a tournament. But last November, I think the fishermen really stepped up, especially after the hurricane blew through what they gave back Mm-hmm. to the community there. They really did. They, we, uh, we set up a d- couple different uh, charity efforts to help rebuild some of the homes down there that had been lost to fishermen, you know, whether the crewmen or captains. These guys don't make a lot of money. They really don't. No. And uh, so their homes, some of these homes were destroyed completely. So we set up uh, a, a little bit of a different charity. We did different ways. It's not a charity tournament. Let's, let's make no, that clear. That's right. We're going down there. But every single tournament has had an element of charity involved in it. But the last year, it was just seemed like it was on steroids type uh, attitude. Everybody wanted to give, everybody wanted to help, and all we had to do was come up with a ways for people to do that. And so we ended up raising, I think it was uh, it was close to $50,000 uh, just by asking people to, you know, uh, do a silent auction, which we've never had before. Or, uh, you know, so we come up with about four or five ways to raise money. And uh, so those homes are uh, being built. We're, loaning out, we're not loaning out money. We're giving them money to help rebuild a roof or uh, an entire home. 
and it's all there on Facebook. You can actually link it through the uh, Los Cabos Tuna Jackpot.com website, and you can see on, on the Facebook uh, all these uh, as these homes get rebuilt. So it's very exciting, very heartwarming. You know, we're into the we're in this fishing thing together, and uh, I've formulated a lot of great friendships over the years uh, with the Mexican folks down there, and um, and, and the. I would say that a lot of the people who go year after year, they form friendships also with the crew and the captain and everything else. So it's a, it's a really a good feeling. It's not Americans coming down to party. It's everybody coming together and sport fishing and celebrating sport fishing down there. Let's talk a little bit about Western Outdoor News real quickly because I know you have to go. But all printed media seems to be having a problem, you know, getting the word out. And this day of instant communication mm-hmm. where you talk about blogs and the Internet, and all the t- things we're talking about. We even had Bob Vanning here. You need to find out some information. Mm-hmm. You go to 976-BYTE and, and you get it. How is Western Outdoor News being competitive and getting this information out to the fishermen and, and still being viable in the market? Well, I, I would say that over your 60 years, the paper's been around. We're seeing a lot of newspapers around the country where they just give the information away for free on their website before it even gets printed, and we do not do that. So uh, if, you, if people want to get the information from, from uh, the newspaper, they can get it digitally a lot quicker than they can print. We have a digital edition, uh, which is really good, and it's actually it's half the price of what you'd get because we don't have to print or mail it. Uh, that was uh, incorporated, I think, just last year. And so it's a great archive system. It's easy to read. It's all four color. So we've come into the digital age quite a bit. We do have a website. A lot of the information that we do over the uh, over the course of the weeks, north and south editions, and all the Baja, those are also on the website. So those are there. The question is, do we do minute-by-minute uh, Facebook-type uh, information or uh, uh, like what Bob Vanyan does or anything like that? No, I think that's really not our role. Our role is to kind of write about, you know, the features and the people in the industry. Uh, we do we do reports. Uh, we cover almost 300 lakes and uh, 45 landings from uh, all the way from, and actually more than that, all the way from Oregon down to uh, and and down into Baja, all the way to Cabo. And nobody else does that. And the reason why we're going to why we're doing fine after it was a pretty tough period there for about three or four years is that people are realizing there is a place for print for something that's unique. I mean, everybody can take the San Diego Union and get the information from the San Diego Union elsewhere. But you really can't get sport fishing information that we deliver from all the way from Oregon down to Baja in one area and once in one place. So we're very viable. And uh, although print print is like the bad word, we're unique. There's no other publication in the country like us. No one. I know that for a fact. I'm a journalist. I'm a trained journalist. I know that there is no way that anyone could ever be able to produce the amount of copy, the amount of information, and this and this and the fact checking that we do at our publication. A lot of the stuff you're going to see, minute by minute, telling people where you go, where I got this bluefin, where I got this yellowfin, a lot of that is laced with BS because they don't want to tell you where, exactly where they are. So if you think that you're going to get those coordinates and the exact coordinates that day from that guy or that island or that spot, likely you're going to, they're going to lace that information with a little bit of BS and subterfuge because they don't want you there tomorrow. You know, so, so you have to understand that, you know, that what you're getting second by second is really not quite as accurate as you might think it is. You know, and there's a lot of people up there that like to feel that paper between their fingers. They like to get that ink on their hands. They like to go back to an article again and read it again. And i got to tell you, at Angler's Arsenal, we uh, have Western Outdoor News in there. Not only are there people waiting for the latest edition Mm -hmm. to to come into us, Mm -hmm. 
but we continually sell out of Western Outdoor News, and True. it's still very popular. Uh, right. I'll, I'll add one thing about print, which is interesting. You know, unlike radio or television, which you don't like to no, look at. No, wait a minute. Watch out what you say about radio here. No, 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 this is true. It doesn't change whether I'm talking to a radio guy or a TV guy. They can't, they can't discount it. People don't listen to the radio to listen to ads. It drives them crazy. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's not for me to decide. Television. The reason why we have DVR is we can flash through the ads. With publications, you're buying magazines and newspapers for two reasons. One for the information in it and one for the ads. You go to, a, you go to Western Outdoor News, you can get a, uh, find out that this reel is on sale or that boat is available. It actually say it's forty dollars a year, but if you take the paper and pay attention to the ads and buy your tackle based on sales, you're going to spend you're going to save so far uh, so much more than forty dollars a year. It's ridiculous. So you can sit there and look at websites and all this stuff, but if you're actually a a, a person who is interested in outfitting their boat or buying tackle from Turners or save on tackle, uh, you are going to be uh, it's a, you're in a much better position financially if you're looking at the paper and and also this. It gets you excited, just like radio gets you excited. Television shows, you look at those things. It gets you uh, fired up about going fishing. So, yes, there is a place for Western Outdoor News, and there will continue to be a place for us, and we're doing just fine. Well, you get advertisers. They've started off with Stanley Andrews, now Turner's. Mm-hmm. They have depended on Western Outdoor News every week. Mm-hmm. They come back every week. They've got a great sped. Something must be working for them, mm-hmm. and it's got to be... People seeing them in Western Yeah, nobody's news. throwing good money after bad. The reason no. why they're advertising is they're getting results, whether it's for guns or ammo or everything else. I know that Turner's is doing quite well on fishing tackle, which has never been their big forte in the last five no, years. No, they think but, about them for firearms. But 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 they are selling a hell of a lot of tackle, and they're and they're expanding their tackle. And uh, you know, but you're seeing that a lot of companies are, are uh, doing very well on tackle right now. It's all about fishing and enthusiasm. Tournaments like the Yellowtail Derby, that's getting people out there working together, having a great time because we all love love to fish and we all like to hang out together right and so what better place to do it at a tournament and so if you just offer a great venue and a great food and camaraderie and all that kind of thing the competition actually takes a secondary thing people like to win but everybody knows they're not going to win it's participation what it's all about whether you read the paper listen to the shows listen tape all those things on television everything else it's all about having fun and being out there with your kids and your family or your wife or your buddies and, uh, and, and seeing the incredible things that are out there besides just the fishing that's going on. I, I can't tell you how many times it's, the value of, a, of a, a fishing trip has never been weighed by how many fish I caught. It's about the people I meet and the things that I saw out there that you can never see by sitting on land looking at the ocean and going, gee, that's beautiful. And nothing better than having a catch of a lifetime and reading about it in Western Outdoor News. Well, that's been that's been the foundation of our paper. You send a picture in, we print it. You're a star, you know. Oh. And uh, some of these uh, some of these young guys are like, oh yeah, websites, you know, that's the way to go. Facebook no. and all this. And then I and I hear I put a guy. I say, hey, that's a great catch. I'm gonna and I put it on the I put it on the cover. I put it in the paper, and they're like. Oh my God! I'm on the cover of Western Outdoor News finally. Yeah. So it's uh, even even the young guys are like you know the tattoos and I'm you know I'm all about you know the the uh, the websites. They still get pretty damn excited when it's on print and it's real and it's there and it's forever. All right. Well, Pat McDonald, editor of Western Outdoor News. Uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being part of the Yellowtail Derby, and we look forward to seeing you again and. And probably talking to you after that, uh, uh, the next tournament, find out just exactly what's happening out there on the fishings. Well, I think we're going to have a great tournament, and I'm entered in the uh, Yellowtail Derby, too. We'll see what uh, wins. I think my winning guess was 
let's see. Uh, for uh, well, I can't tell you what the other two were. I can't remember. But I think the yellowtail was 30, uh, 38.5 or something like that. So we'll see how close I get to that. Everybody, li- everybody likes to guess the weight of the winning well, fish. Well, by any chance you get a chance to get on that scale of L, I'll be happy to get on with you, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Thank All you. Right. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Pat McDonald, editor of Western Outdoor News. This is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main at el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. 
All right, and now we are with Captain Chris Randall from the uh, the Chief. Chris, welcome to the Rod and Reel Radio Show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, we have talked about the never-ending season of 2015. I remember it started, you started it off. December. No, I don't know. It even started before that. I mean, I went out with you right after Memorial Day. You said, come on, we're going to get some bluefin and maybe some yellowfin. Had a chance to go on out with you. We had the trip that went down the Mexican coast. And I think on the first day, you corrected me during the... um, the award ceremony over here, 167 yellowfin on the first day for the boat. Yeah, and that was our first exploratory. And the season just followed suit. It just rolled Kept on, on and going and on and, going and, and going. on. We went into uh, November, still fishing. We had a trip where we caught some wahoo. And I've, I've been doing this for 30 years, John. I've never caught a wahoo. I don't do long-range fishing. I do one to three days. And we were catching wahoo. We only caught a few, but... Wahoo? It's yeah. 38 miles from San Diego, California. Boy, you know, I like to refer to you as the king of lings because when it comes to the winter season, you know how to go out there and get those big ling cods, those big cow cods. But, boy, it was an extra bonus this year. He went down the Mexican coast. You go, hey, let's fill up in Yellowtail. And after we get our fill of Yellowtail, get then something let's, else. let's yeah. get something else. Yep. And what a twofer that was this yeah. season. Um, December, January, February was the best winter I've seen in 10 years. We had 50 to 100 Yellowtail per trip. And I'm not talking the little dinks. These are 15 to 25, some 30-pound fish. Excellent Yellowtail fishing. Moderate seas, moderate weather. And just, it was just non-stop in early march the wind started and it kind of shut us down the whole baja coast is rolled over it's kind of toast right now but that's where we got our wind if we have two months of wind we have two months of wind once this subsides the coast turns back over cleans up and we go right back to work it can't be forever yeah well now on a two and a half day trip we go on out on the chief what can we what can we expect to do you still going to go down the coastline or do you think you maybe head more over to san Clemente island stay in u.s waters um due to the uh, closure of bluefin in mexican waters i on my not this last trip the, the prior trip we saw tons of bluefin school after school a dozen schools um this is going to open up as i talked earlier in my speech Probably a month, maybe two months, the Mexicans are probably going to give us the same as U.S. too. Once that starts, then we'll retarget that fishery. If that doesn't transpire the way I think it is, um, we're going to have yellowtail offshore on kelp patties, yellowfin, and dorado. The water's already 65 degrees offshore, beautiful blue water. Anywhere from 50 to 150 miles off off the, the coast is just gorgeous. It's ripe. Well, you happen to mention bluefin tuna now. You were privileged to be able to sit down during the SAC meeting yep. on what's happening with bluefin tuna. Uh, try to give us an, an oversight on just exactly what happened at that meeting and what it means to us as recreational fishing, fishermen as opposed to the commercial fishing. Sure. Actually, there was two meetings. I went to a prior meeting before that, and that was the uh, National Marines Fishery Council. That was a little more complicated and a little more frustrating. And so we'll we'll skip fast forward to the SAC meeting. And between uh, National Marine Fisheries and and all their weeks and weeks of debates with every entity that has a stake in this, they came to the simple conclusion, here's the deal. All across the board, 30 to 40% reduction in, in bluefin take. That's sport fishing, recreational, 
commercial, trawlers, longliners, the whole gamut from Mexico to Japan to China to any country that has an interest in this. And it was agreed by the International Tuna Commission to slash across the board 40%. What this is going to do in three years is start a recovery of the stock. And the math is there, the science there, and it will recover the stocks. Well, you know, I've always been led to believe that with that reduction in the quotas or whatever you want to call it that the commercial, especially the U.S. fishermen, mm-hmm. have that it's just not economically feasible for them to even go out and try and catch bluefin. Uh, yes and no. It depends on the method. Some methods are more successful than others. Uh, purse hangers, if they get on a batch of uh, tuna, they can wrap more bluefin in one set, 100 tons, than the entire fleet can do here in San Diego in a year. Well, you know, you were uh, you know, mentioning some numbers. Sports caught bluefin right. tuna. What percentage is that of the overall catch you know, worldwide? Less than 1%. I, I always thought it, it was. If, if the math is really adjusted, we're doing a tuna sampling project that's piloted by SAC this year, and we're going to probably show that it's 0.5%. You know, I, I knew that. I, I was privileged enough. I went on out there to the Cortez Bank. I got on that uh, bluefin bite that was there in February. We got 65 on the boat, but we lost more fish than we ever caught. Yeah, and uh, commercial interests don't lose more than they catch. No. They, they keep everything. And so we lose half or more, like you said, of our fish. So even the numbers then get a little skewed. Basically, it boils down to having good sound science and data so that they can make the appropriate decisions. The last data known to National Marine Fisheries Service was four years ago on long-range boats. It's old. It's it's not what we catch. It's the wrong size fish. So all the data is slightly skewed. So by doing this tuna sampling and all these voluntary boats this year, we're going to have complete, new, fresh 2015 data on bluefin. And so the scientists can actually look at fresh, raw data and then come up to the appropriate conclusion. You know, what is this? You know, that, that's all great. You know, none of us are looking forward to raping the ocean. No. We all want to leave something for the next generation. Absolutely. We want to take what we need and, mm. and not more than we can use and everything like that. But what is this all boiling down to for the sports fishermen? I mean, what are going to be the regulations and some of the changes in them that we're going to be seeing here in the next couple of years? Well, it's going to start with flay. And we're not allowed to flay in Mexico. We're still lobbying to try and get flayed. Till then, we have to adhere to U.S. flay laws. And at this meeting, they came out with collars, peck fins, belly, and I hate to use this word, but they want the anus. They want to see it because the difference between a bluefin has an oval, a round anus and a yellowfin tuna has more of like a elliptical anus. And that allows the wardens to better identify the species. Wow. Uh, I guess there was some problem with people thinking there would be a problem with identifying tuna, and this is why they went to it. Yeah. Uh, Tell me, the average deckhand, uh, the average skipper. Now, I know a guy like me that's an interdental fisherman that may go out a half dozen times in a season. I might have a hard time telling the difference between a bluefin and a yellowfin, but I'm aboard the boat, and the the skipper or the deck candy is going, hey, great bluefin, great yellowfin. But yeah. what was this problem caused, or what was the what was the root of this problem with the identification? Right. Where was it coming from? The root of the problem came with published 
identification of species. In other words, what's on the internet, what's in a magazine, what's in a bluefin book or tuna book so that the people from PETA and National Marine Fisheries Service could have a guideline. So if you go to court and I say, well, this is a bluefin and the warden says it's uh, it's not or, or vice versa, they wanted specific guidelines that were published. Here's the key word, published. So they went and they looked on the internet and found what was published and it was the anus. No, Mac. Now, these new type of regulations, when do we believe that they're going to go into effect? Mid-May. Mid-May. Yeah. Okay, now, we were kind of laughing uh, during the uh, uh, the seminar that you were giving here at the International <laughs> Yellowtail Derby that you're going to be cornering the market on blue bags because, boy, there's going to be a run on them real soon. Yeah. And here's what are we the, talking about? Well, then? here's the problem. I mean, we all care about pollution. You do, I do, plastic bottles, bags, everything. Uh, if you catch a 40-pound bluefin... Under the new regs, one fish per bag, four loins, the belly, the anus, the pec fins, and the collar. One fish per bag. We used to put five or six fish in a bag, so it's going to quadruple or even further the amount of plastic bags we have to use to serve our customers. And then the fish game wants them labeled with a felt marker. If they come down check the boat, they're going to rip all the bags open. So now we have to supply a second bag for the same very fish. And we're going to do tenfold the amount of plastic bags we go through, adding to pollution. Well, you know, you've spent a lot of money on RSW making sure that these fish are kept as pristine as you can because they're really precious. The meat is really precious to us all. And and especially for those of us that like to enjoy bluefin six months after we caught it. We want to make sure it's as good as the day we serve it as the day we caught it so does that mean that if you're keeping these bags in the rsw whatever it is that they can have you uh, bring them all up uh break uh, open the bags and uh, check it out and then you have to go back and rebag it and there's an even bigger problem oh. pectoral fins have small spines oh P- yeah picture this in your mind's eye if you're not a, a avid fisherman put your hands out to left and right and those are your pectoral fins and they have little spines in them. They're going to poke through the plastic bags. That's why we don't put spines in, in plastic bags. Once that bag is punctured, that super salty cold water in a spray brine is going to penetrate the bag, saturate your meat, and make it super salty. So we have to come up with a counter resolution to this. And we're all scrambling right now. I don't have a solution at the moment. Well. You know, I am uh, an advocate of keeping my fish whole sure. and bringing them to the processor and tipping the crew because a lot of people, if they do, do not realize that I know what you pay these guys. It isn't a whole heck of a lot. So 120 tip, bucks a day. Tips for, are really important yeah, to these yes. fellows. So I yeah. try and tip them more yeah. and keep the fish, and I'll bring them yeah. over to Sarah over at Five Star or whatever it is and have them process it so that that fish I can take home with me and it's processed the way it's right. supposed to. And what what's the uh, what's the deal on whole fish? Is there going to be um, any problem on whole fish? Here's the deal: if only one or two guys want their fish processed, the processor won't come down for one or no. two guys. If it's a charter and your whole group wants it processed, no problem. They will be there with their trucks, their service. They do all the long range boats. But if it's just one or two or three guys, it's it's no fly. It's not worth their time and effort. They have drop boxes over over at the the fish processors where you. Fill out a tag, you drop your stuff, and they, they mail it to you, and you just go on your way. That's one option. And you, you can look at other several options. 
And you're right, the crew does make the bulk of their money on filet. They make more money in tips and filet than they would ever make in wages. Sure. The industry doesn't allow for that. So, I mean, if you're not going to get your fish clean, you're hurting the crew. Make sure you tip them yeah. well. Yes, yeah. because if you don't, then you're stiffening the crew. It's like going to a restaurant and spending $135 and leaving $0.05. Cents. Yeah, That's, well, if the crew has got me into bluefin tuna, especially the skipper, right. I got to make sure they're tipped pretty right. well because I'm bringing home some yeah. pretty cherry uh, uh, fish. Right, and so we don't have a problem with you keeping it whole, and that does bypass this whole issue. You're still stuck at two bluefin, however, you you can keep them whole, but you you really need to look at the process of the guy gaffing your fish, bleeding it, putting it in the hold, pulling everything out so they can flay everybody else's fish, putting your fish back down. Then taking your fish back up again, put it into a dock cart, push it to the top of the dock, and hand it out to you. That's a lot of fish handling for zero dollars. You bet. Uh, tell us a little bit about, just before we uh, let you go here, because okay. I know it's getting late. The Indian. Tell us Chief. about Sk- Chief. Oh, man. Man, was, that was a <laughs> throwback Friday, huh? <laughs> you know what? I've caught myself. I was on the Indian. For those of you who don't know, I was on the Indian for 17 yeah. years. And it's, it's hard to get away from that. And I do the same thing you just did all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. And I love that boat. I miss it. But it is what it is. Now I'm on the Chief. Well, you've and, done a lot of work on the Chief yeah. to get it up to snuff, though. We've, we've thrown a couple hundred grand at it. Oh, man. And it's 85 by 24, super wide, low to the water. It has staterooms and open berthing. Uh, does not have air conditioning. However, we have forced air. And all. I went through the whole system, all new blowers. It's like a hurricane down there. I did talk to the owner yesterday, and we're uh, considering air conditioning. It'll be about a 15 grand project nice. to air condition the whole boat. Uh, remodeled the entire galley, everything. I have a top-of-the-line chef, and I mean top-of-the-line chef. He does sushi platters, all the great stuff. He steams his own pulled pork sandwiches. I mean, we, we're one of the few boats that actually does piping hot french fries with every burger. Oh, my gosh. And Tell us about not the schedule, a bag of chip. though. You're, yep. you're running two-and-a-half-day trips. And I really liked the trips that you la- did yeah. last year because I was able to go back with you. I was able to come back on a Saturday night. My Sunday wasn't blown apart. I could get ready to, to work on, right. on Monday. Monday you still doing the same thing? Yeah. Uh, we specialize in day and a half, two and a half, and we throw a couple of three and a halves in there. My, my main thing is two and a half day. And a two and a half day offers you two full days of fishing, sun up to sundown. The ability to move from the area. Say we get limits to Yellowtail where I'm at, but there's not any tuna. I can move 80, 100 miles that night, go somewhere completely different, and target an entirely different species. On a day and a half trip, they're fun. You, you get the range. However, you don't have the move. You, right. you, you're you stuck where you're at for that day. Hey, let's just talk a little bit about, about the landing. I don't mean to blindside you on this. There's been a change in management over there. You have one of the boat owners now. That yep. is the uh, the managing partner, Frank in that. Ursetti. And and what do you think? What's going to be the future of H and M? You know, I, um, unfortunately, Phil Orbred's been there for years and years and years, and that man gave his life to this Did landing. He but he's fallen ill, and he's doing the best he can under those circumstances. However, his capacity to fill the job has been compromised. Uh, there's been mixed bag feeling about Frank coming in. I'm all for it. I think Frank's a go-getter. He's a businessman. And uh, I think H&M Landing is going to benefit greatly 
from him taking that position. And you know, with the season, it looks like we're setting up to have what a great time to take yeah. over the reins, huh? Yeah. And, and you know, like I say, there, there's a little conflict of interest with Frank, but uh, I'm going to give Frank my – I'm going to tip, tip my hat to him. I'm all, 100% okay with it. All right. Now, if we want to go out on the Chief, how's the best way to get a hold of you? www.chiefsportfishing.com or call HM Landing at 619-222-1144. Check out our complete schedule online, and uh, let's go. Uh, Captain Chris, I am looking forward to the next trip with you. Have always had fun. Your trips have always been productive. Always come home with almost more fish than I could ever use. I'm still eating the the uh, yellowfin tuna that I caught from you last May. Thanks a lot for being such a gracious host. My pleasure. A gracious host and being with us here on yep. Rod Real Radio. Not only that, a good friend of ours, too. Just remember, good food, comfort, and we are in the customer service industry. My job is to show you a fishing vacation. All right, Captain Chris Randall. He is the skipper of the Chief. Thanks a lot for being with us. This is Rod Real Radio on AM 540 or com. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, everybody, Phil Friedman here from PFO Media Group. Always great to be on Rod and Reel Radio with my friends John and, of course, Wendy and Stan. And, of course, talking to all of you is such a great pleasure. You know, i got to start with an incident that happened earlier today. A few incidents, as a matter of fact. If you've been following the news, you know that PFO Media Group broke the story about some great white sharks here off Surfside, California. Juvenile great white sharks confirmed by Dr. Chris Lowe over there at Long Beach State University. I sent Chris some video, and he said, absolutely, Phil. He said these El Nino-like conditions have these great white sharks pupping earlier this year, and we're seeing a lot of them, and we have seen several launch out of the water. Polaris missiles come flying out of the water. Well, today I was sitting with my son in our living room, which overlooked Surfside, and I said, you know what, kid? We ought to look for a great white shark. And it wasn't 10 seconds later that we both jumped out of our seats and said, oh, my God, did you see that? 
and it was a great white that came breaching out of the water about 300 yards off the beach. There have been several sightings of that. Of course, we've got video of the paddleboarders who've been out there. And once again, this is not to create some kind of a shark scare. Juvenile great white sharks rarely, rarely nip at surfers or anybody else. They're in there feeding on halibut, smaller sharks, rays, bat rays, that kind of a thing. However, it is a bit unnerving, I have to tell you, and it is pretty darn funny. I mean, I was standing there in the water today also, surf fishing earlier this morning, another great thing, and something bumped into my legs, and it didn't freak me out that much. It felt like a Corvina, and then I looked over to my left, and I go, oh, man, look at this, Philip, Philip. My son was fishing with me, too, and it was a big old leopard shark, nice big four, five-foot leopard, just went kind of moseying out slowly back out to sea and that was really something special however later in the day i was out surf fishing and i didn't see this big giant piece of kelp that had wandered behind me and my son philip did notice it and he was watching it carefully when i made contact with my feet he screamed look out and oh my god i thought i was going to have a heart attack i seriously screamed like a little girl and all it was was a little bit of kelp. So it's pretty interesting down here in Surfside, California. Several people have seen the sharks. One guy, Todd, who's been on the water surfing for 45 years, says he's never, ever seen a shark. And now in the past couple of weeks has seen six. And he is on the beach for a while. He says, I'm going to pass on all of this. Now, before we get into the fishing, and there's a lot to talk about, I want to jump over to kids just for a moment and talk about kids because we had two really special events we had day at the landing at 22nd street landing my friend mike morrison over there at 22nd street landing in san pedro california did a great job and they are always doing positive things for kids in the community i have worked with mike i have worked with 22nd street and they really are committed to do it danny strunk over there committed 100 percent to doing good things for kids that's why on the afternoon run on the monte carlo the half day boat if you're a paid adult, you can bring a kid for free, and that is just fantastic. And fishing on the half-day boat, Monte Carlo's picking up. We'll talk about that in a moment. So that was a great day because we had the Wilmington Boys and Girls Club come down, and I have to say, the kids from the Wilmington Boys and Girls Club, the the courtesy, the the, the way they behaved, the thank yous, the excuse me's, all of those things indicate to me what great parents they must have over there in Wilmington and what great people are running the Wilmington Boys and Girls Club, like Antonio and Michelle and everybody else that I met. It was such a pleasure. I must tell you, it was just a ray of sunshine, and, and, and it makes me think our future is bright. And I know you hear that a lot when you talk about kids, but I'm telling you, this was an exceptional group of wonderful kids that we need to take on a real fishing trip, and we're working on that right now. We had them down on the pursuit. We were fishing, and all of a sudden, we hooked a fish, a sizable fish that a little girl caught landed. It was a yellowtail, followed up by another yellowtail, and that video has surged up to almost 2,000 views in a short period of time. And, of course, it was just a special day that the kids are never, ever going to forget, and I'm hoping it moves them toward the outdoors. The outdoors it's just so fantastic. I mean, wh how lucky am I to sit in my living room and look out and see a great white shark jumping from my living room? I am so blessed. I realize it. And, of course, a lot of that comes from my AA meetings, how fortunate and how grateful you have to be for every second on this earth. And I have to be really grateful. All right. 
Let's talk some fishing. And I don't know if you talked about the eclipse, but they had a couple of yellowfin tuna and a bluefin tuna in U.S. waters, and we're still fishing earlier today. We'll see what happens. Some of this stuff in the 40-pound class, it's in U.S. waters. It's happening in May. It makes it ever so exceptional because of the grade of the fish. And this is a super great sign. Congratulations to the boys on the eclipse for pulling this off. And I think this could get our season, our offshore season going. Buzz Brizanine from the Prowler and I have been going back and forth nonstop for the past 48 hours. He's excited. I'm excited. And that looks really, really good to all of us. So we'll keep our eyes on that. The Coronado Islands continue very good in most days. They have their down days from time and time again. Who doesn't? But there's a lot of yellow zooming around the islands, sometimes up there at North Island, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at South, sometimes down South Kell Bridge, or sometimes out in front of my favorite hotel, the Rosarita Beach Hotel on the Rock Pile. But the boys like Ryan Bostian over there on the three-quarter day boat, San Diego, out of C4 Sport Fishing, he can smell him out. He's one heck of a great skipper, and he does a great job down there. And, man, I'll tell you, they have the sonar, they have their eyeballs, and uh, there are some nice fish. Yo-yo ironfish and sardine fish, fly line, and a smalls egg sinker working pretty well. San Clemente Island looks like it's ready to go again. Some tough fishing on Saturday, but bouncing back for some of the boys on Sunday, especially Rick Slavkin on the 095 out of Helgren's Oceanside. My friend Rick is on fire, man. He is really putting the wood to these yellows. He had a drift for 21 fish today earlier, and he was getting all over him again. Fly line bait was working really, really well. 25-pound on it with a 3-0 size hook. Fly line that bait. Find a good high bait. Take your time and really, really work at it. And it makes all the difference in the world. It'll really help you to catch fish. He said, Rick Slavkin, that is, that some yo-yo iron fish were also taking blue and white scrambled egg. And they've got this red crab color right now that seems to be working pretty darn well. So those lures working well. And, and, you know, we really don't even ever talk about how great the calico bass fishing is at San Clemente Island because everybody is focused on these hard-fighting jacks. It is extraordinary right now. Big bass and lots of them, and they are chewing up a storm. You can use a piece of frozen squid that is thawed out. The sardines working well. There's surface ironfish, swim bait fish, good fishing on the calico bass head. SCI right now looking very, very good. You know, Catalina has, uh, and both these islands have a problem with sea lions right now. Catalina also, but... If you can get through those sea lanes, there's a, a substantial, a really good amount of yellowtail at Cat also. The Indian out of Redondo has been on it. The Pursuit out of 22nd Street Landing. He's Woodrum, the captain, Johnny Woodrum, is not only catching yellows in the harbor, he's catching them at Catalina Island too. The Enterprise out of Marina Sword Fishing in Long Beach also on it. They're seeing some barracuda over there in addition to that. And there's some boys that have had good calico bass fishing. That calico bass by best for the private boaters, it seems to me, and it has been really, really good for those boys. They're able to get easy limits on that stuff. So good signal there. Sea lions are pain in the you-know-what, but uh, it's just part of the game nowadays. You have to deal with it, and uh, it's just part of fishing. So you have to get over that obstacle also. Along the coast, we have some cooler water, and I can tell you that because I had my little toes in it, my big toes in it, as a matter of fact. You know what they say? Big feet great voice and uh, I've got big feet and they were cold in the surf here today it felt to me like it was maybe 60 something and might have been cooler than that it felt really really cool so rockfish along the coast for the boys that are fishing the coastal areas however there's been a really good signal southern cal 
uh, here recently saw some good fish out by the double rigs off San Pedro Long Beach area. My friend uh, Skipper Chris, uh, Mitch Christensen saw good, sizable schools of yellow zooming around out there. Hooked one, lost it, but there is some fork around. I think that water warms up a little bit. We'll see that start to happen. I want to talk about, for one moment, springtime, barracuda, and sand bass. Are we going to have a good season this year? And nobody really knows. I know that there's a big amount of barracuda. I've talked to the Pongaros down there around Colinette, Punta Colinette, which is 120 miles south of Point Loma, and they've got barracuda crawling all over them down there, and some of that stuff starting to shove in to Punta Banda also. That's the Ensenada area, so it's not far from us. Boy, the Barracuda just have not hung out for any length of time recently. I'm hoping those great fish, they call them the poor man's wahoo, and they are a blast to catch. They love to bite the iron. I love to throw the iron at them. There's so much fun. I hope we're going to see them start to move in. As I said, down the Baja Coast, we have some stuff. And then over there at Catalina Island, we're starting to see more and more sizable schools of gar, and hopefully that's going to start to turn on. And mixed all through this is some pretty good bonita fishing at times. Good to see those bonita. Channel Islands, great rock fishing is always the rule up there. Nice big reds and chuckleheads and lings. Pacific Islanders been all over them. They have been doing so good in that Pacific Islander. They just take customer service to a new level so do most of the boats if not all in the channel islands i saw my good friend sean stewart the other night getting on board the freedom with my friend jeff jessup who runs the boat boy i got a lot of friends don't i anyway sean is as polite and nice a guy as you'd ever want to meet i know why the aloha spirit is chartered all the time because of a guy with an attitude like sean stewart i love that guy and I'm talking up there at Cisco's. Those guys, they treat you so well. And they've also, in addition to all this great rock fishing, which is the fallback at any point in time, we're starting to see more halibut and white sea bass and a few more yellowtail on this full moon. Look out. You know, sea bass like to chew on the full. And we are really looking down the barrel of that right now. So up there in the Channel Islands, Pacific Islander, gentlemen, all those guys doing really, really well. Along the Southern California surf, Leopard sharks bumping into people's legs, I can tell you that for a fact. And also a little bit of perch and yellowfin croaker at times, and it's been good. And we are also seeing some thresher sharks actually caught in the surf. There's quite a bit of it around. Well, once again, it's an incredible day here in Surfside, California. When I can sit with my son and look out our front window and watch a great white shark launch out of the water, Boy, am I a grateful guy or what? And PFO Media actually broke the story here and will continue to cover it. This is not about a shark scare or anything about this. This is about nature and watching it and being amazed by it. And it's why all kids should get out and try a fishing trip or do something in the outdoors because it opens so many doors and so many new avenues. It is really, really incredible. Talking about that. Tomorrow night, Grunion Run starts. It is closed season. You are not allowed to touch those little fishies, but you can observe them, and that would be a great adventure right here in Southern California and Northern Baja. I know a lot of folks are listening down there. It's right at your back door here, of course, on Monday night. Hey, Phil Friedman here. Uh, you can check us out at PFO on Facebook or you can go to our website where we have breaking sport fishing news 24-7. All kinds of great stories. More videos all the time. And, of course, our great PFO radio show. That's pfomedia.com. 
Or if you would like to do it in Spanish, por favor, pueden visitarnos en Aventuras al Aire Libre en Facebook o en el Internet en www.aventurasalairelibre.com. What a pleasure to be with you all, John. Thank you so very much for the opportunity. And to everybody out there, I hope you're having a wonderful evening. Take good care of yourselves and take good care of one another. We'll see you soon. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford. Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. All right, well, we know that the yellowtail season is here because we're right at the beginning of the International Yellowtail Derby. A lot of great guests here tonight, but one of the guys that has been to just about everyone always has the greatest information, Bob Banyan from 976 Byte. Bobby, welcome. Thank you. 
appreciate being here. I enjoy this every year. It's isn't it a great time to be talking about fishing here in Southern California? It's the verge of the season, but this year we've got the season already started. We've had so much good fishing already, but uh, it's always just that springtime excitement, and it's a great thing. It I really enjoy like, it. You don't know where the 2014 season ended and where the 2015 it It just continuously. It's got to be tough for you because there's almost too much to report on, uh, you know, and you always try to come up with the most concise uh, uh, best information on where the fish are and how can you you can sometimes just get on there and say they're everywhere well i try to cover each area specifically last summer there were times where i was covering detailed information from 100 miles below point loma all the way up to above the west end of catalina there was fish all the way up and down so uh, it creates more work for me, but I love my work, so that doesn't bother me. I remember it just wasn't that long ago. Uh, I had a, a, a 4th of July uh, charter out to, to San Clemente Island, and we couldn't get a fish over there. Now you go out in the, we're looking at the end of April here, and oh, they're loaded. San Clemente Island's going good for yellowtail right now. Catalina, same way. So there's there's fish here and biting like it was two or three months from now in a normal season. You know, I know you don't have a crystal ball. You're not a prognosticator. You're not even a weatherman or anything like that. But you can tell me, what what is bringing these fish in and keeping you around, do you feel, Bob? Well, I think it all started with the unusually warm water we had last year. And that stayed around throughout our winter season. It didn't get as cold as it usually does. And it's just a carryover. We didn't have the fish migrate as far south as they might ordinarily do in a normal year when the water gets down to 54 or something like that. Now, if you're launching, let's say, out of San Diego, you're a private boater, you don't have uh, 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 you, you don't have a lot of range on your boat or anything like that, uh, uh, where are some of the places you think you should be going right here at the beginning of May to catch fish? Yellowtail right at the Coronado Islands. It's been good for a couple months or more, and it's good right now. And uh, that is definitely the hot spot for the yellowtail. There's some bonita out there, barracuda, bass also. Along the coast, it's more uh, calico bass and rockfish and sculpin fishing. But just today, the report from the upper end of La Jolla was the water warm from 62 in the morning to 64 in the oh afternoon, gosh, headed towards 65. So it could change in just a moment. What are you saying about the bait situation? You know, right now there is the commercial moratorium on sardines. Uh, Everingham Brothers can still go out and get sardines as bait. Sardines have been great bait for us uh, the past couple of seasons. Uh, what are you seeing the bait situation going to be this year? Well, I think Everingham Brothers can catch bait for us in <laughs> darn near any condition you might Don't imagine. They? Those guys are so great. They work so hard at what they do. Um, uh, just in general, I think warmer water years make the bait situation a little more difficult than cooler water years. But uh, those guys just have a way to seek something out and keep baiting those bait receivers for us. It's it's amazing what they do. And, you know, we think about May and June as being great uh, yellowtail months because that's when the squid uh, show up. But I don't know. They're going to make an appearance this year. I know they're... I've heard of some nests of squid, but, boy, the guys aren't talking about it because they're... They're keeping it tight to the, the chest. Not like uh, it's been in recent years anyway, but uh, I've heard a little squid nest pop up now and then, but uh, nothing like we've seen where 
you know, there was big nests that a herd of boats fish for three weeks in a row. We haven't seen that uh, here this year so far. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Bob Banyan from uh, 976. By, uh, Bob, uh, you know, the albacore. You know, it always seems like this city used to run an albacore, and uh, it's just not happening. Uh, uh, at least it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. I'm eternally the optimist. I think it could happen. I, I hope it happens, uh, but we'll take what we get. All right. So then what we're going to get, uh, you know, the yellowtail looked like they're going to be around. And how about the yellowfin? What do you think about the yellowfin and some of the exotics coming on up this oh, year? I think uh, we'll have yellowfin uh, earlier than you might normally expect them. Uh, again, I don't think the water got very cold this winter, and they probably didn't migrate too far south, so they don't have too far to come back to get up into our waters here. You know, everyone was kind of lamenting and going, okay, uh, Mexico has put on this restriction where we can't take any bluefin, but as of the the end of April here, there have been some great signs of bluefin in our waters. There have been bluefin caught in our local waters. Yeah. And uh, we had bluefin out at the Cortez Bank through the winter. So uh, 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 hopefully uh, Mexico will ease... The, their moratorium and we'll be able to catch them both here and there but uh, I think there's some here too right well, now. Well right now Noah is looking for information, uh, input from the public when it comes to the the recreational catching of uh, bluefin tuna and that's something important that all recreational fishermen should be getting on to get that input into them so that they don't completely shut that resource down for us. Yes I totally agree with that. Uh, make your feelings known to those that are making those decisions right so yellowtail if you were to go out to yellowtail the first of may where would be the best spot to go for them as it sits right now coronado islands uh, a lot of fish right now by the ribbon kelp inside south island at the north end of south island in the middle grounds also you get a chance at some of those bigger ones around north island it seems by pukey point and some of the bigger ones pop up now and then uh, off the bull ring in the flats. So uh, Coronados are, are a yellowtail hotspot. Well, Bobby Vanian, 976 Bite. If people want more information on how, the, what kind of service that you have and the information that you provide and then joining, how's the best way to go about? Thanks. Uh, uh, on the web, www.976bite.com. And that'll get you there. Got my phone numbers and everything on there. If you want to call me, it's uh, 619-226-8218. And and that's the greatest thing about 976 Byte. Not only do you have the blog and you have all this current information, but if people have specific questions, they want to maybe find out if something has changed, you've got your personal number on there so that members can call you and get the latest scoop. Absolutely. I'm there to to help people prepare for fishing any and every way I can. All right. Well, Bobby, I don't know about you. I'm out to win this Yellowtail Derby this year, and I look forward to seeing you on the water. And, uh, you know, as long as we're first and second, it's not going to make it, uh, you know, it's going to be great. Have a great time. It's just going to be fun. All right, Bob Banyan, 976 Bite. Thanks a lot for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. And here at the International Yellowtail Derby kickoff party, we run into the president of San Diego Anglers, Mr. Luis Almeida. Luis, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Well, you know, what I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to have you on during the Fred Hall show, but you were 
running around over there, the first thing I needed to do was on behalf of all the vendors over there, the San Diego anglers stepped up and they put on a heck of a barbecue for us. Yeah, no, that's something we just want to do to all our vendors and our sponsors is to just have that big barbecue. We've been doing it, I think, now for almost 10 years. So it's something we look forward to. It gives a chance for the vendors to come out, relax, you know, have some good food. Uh, all that fish comes from our 10-day trip, so all, all the anglers donate a little bit of their catch from the 10-day trip uh, towards that fish that goes towards the barbecue. Now, you had a little fish left over, and I had a chance to take some of that yellowtail home. I've been making sweet and sour yellowtail with it, but, man, was it excellent. But all the food that you made was great, and, and thanks a lot. And, you know, the... the Working with fishermen and working with the general public, that's really one of the things that the San Diego Anglers does. Not only is it a group of men and women that like to compete among themselves in fishing events and tournaments, but you go out into the community and you do all types of stuff. And let's start off with uh, maybe uh, the uh, San Diego Bay Bass Tournament. It starts in January. Right, so beginning of the year in January. Every January during the wintertime, we hold this big open bay bass tournament down at Shelter Island in San Diego Bay. We have 150 teams, uh, two-man teams come out. Uh, fish the morning. We have a big barbecue and banquet afterwards uh, till about 5 o'clock with a huge raffle. So not only do we have entry fees coming in to help pay out all our entry fees going back out, but our raffle. Um, this year we had a wonderful turnout, uh, huge donations to our Warriors on the Water program that we do every year. So uh, that was one of the great things about that Open Bay Bass Tournament. Uh, it's going to allow us to do probably four Wounded Warrior Chargers this year. And that's the big thing. It, it That tournament it greases the wheels for the San Diego anglers to go out into the community and do a lot of other philanthropic type of activities. Correct. Yeah, all our events that we have are, are, are pretty much used uh, for doing all our charity work. So all those proceeds, uh, whether it's the Wounded Warriors, we do a Muscular District Association uh, charter on the Vagabond. We do the uh, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters Day on the Bay, where we take 30 kids out on all our club member boats, feed them lunch, do a big awards banquet at the end for them. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of all the other things. The Wounded Warriors that we've talked about. Yeah, helping uh, the kids. You were helping the kids a day at the docks, uh, you know, and then when they also uh, the uh, the fishing uh, uh, fishing off the pier off of Shelter Island, Catherine Miller's project, you helped with that. So right. So you guys are, you're everywhere when it comes to helping out and and helping spread the good word on fishing, especially saltwater fishing here in Southern California. Yeah, and I, and I have to give thanks to our, our club members. Our, all our club members just come out. Anytime we need some manpower out there, you know, we send out the word, and we get just a great amount of volunteers. All our club members come out. Yeah, whether it's Catherine Miller's event, uh, whether it's some of the other peer events we do, uh, our club members are great. <laughs> well, let's talk about the club itself. It's not necessarily a group of hoity-toity people that... These are grassroots individuals that love to go fishing. Right. Um, you know, we're a little bit over 400 members now. Um, and like you said, these are just your everyday fishermen that just like to get together. It's an excuse for us to all get together and go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's. It's just not men. You got no. men, you got women, you got families, you've got kids. It's a, a great cross section of the population. Right. One thing we like to, to brag about is we're a family fishing club. So, you know, other. Uh, Obviously, we have men in our club, but we have about close to, I said, about 120 women in our club, close to 90 junior anglers. So that's one of the things that we look at is we're trying to get all these junior anglers in our club because we do probably four twilight charters for kids every summer. 
So wow. on Friday nights, we take a bunch of 70 kids out on the, on the new Seaforth out for a night of fishing. And as I like to say, those juniors are really here to replace us. That's Correct. kind of scary, isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. So you might as well send them out in the right direction. Yeah, and what's great about these twilights, half the time the kids catch more fish than the adults. And, you know, we go out, we fish for a while, and then we just the kids take over the boat and adults relax and watch the kids have a great time. Yeah, but you have some great mentors, too, because in that organization – there are some really fantastic fishermen. Yeah, you know, we got the Dennis Burleson, Eddie Howerton. Just, those are two of our top guys that are now in some of the other tournament circuits now fishing. And, you know, but there they are. Every time we need them, they're there helping out, uh, teaching kids how to fish. Well, what I like, because I've had the opportunity to go to a few of your meetings, I've even addressed you on occasions, the sharing of information. I mean, when the tournaments come around, needless to say, great competitiveness because every everyone wants to you know beat everybody else but then when the tournament is over the sharing of information uh, the guys are are really giving yeah i mean you know like we say we, we we get together to go fishing yeah there's a little bit of competitive nature in us but yeah at the end of the day we're all out there sharing our stories where we caught our fish and you know even before tournaments you know i might call somebody else and say hey where's the fish biting today in the bay because i've fished it for three weeks and you know they're sharing their spots well you know there are people that are listening out there that are going to go hey you know i like fishing i like to be in a club atmosphere uh, my wife likes to go fishing, too. I like to help kids. Uh, uh, this sounds like an organization that I've heard about, but I've really never known how to contact them. How do people contact San Diego anglers and start getting involved and making the determination if this might be an organization they want to join? Well, the easiest way is to come to one of our meetings. Where we tell our guests they can come to our club meetings for the first two times. We meet the first Wednesday of each month. At the Bahia Resort and Hotel, that's out in Mission Bay. Uh, meeting starts at 7 o'clock, and we're on the fifth floor of the Bahia. So we tell people to come, see what we're like, see if it's something that you're interested in, and we're a good fit for you. Uh, if so, you can join, join up the night at the meeting, or you can take more information home. You can see uh, read more information on our website at sandyanglers.com. So, so uh, you don't have to worry about sponsors, initiations, uh, a grace period or anything else like that. If you want to come, if you want to be involved, if you want to participate, the San Diego Anglers wants you. That's it, exactly. I mean, you can come to that first meeting, sign right up, and away you go. I mean, we this year at, at Del Mar, we signed up a family, you know, husband and wife with three kids. There they were at Day at the Docks, only, what, 15 days, 19 days after Fred Hall. They're helping out at the pens. They're working our booth at getting more club. I've never seen a family so energized in bringing in new club members. I mean, they must have signed up 20 members that day. Wow. <laughs> and all families. And I, and I, as I said, I've been to a few of your meetings. They are fun because not only do you talk about the activities and the guys talk about fish that they caught and the kids get up and with great pride talk about the fish that they caught. But then also you have fantastic raffles. There's normally great speakers there. So it's really a fun evening. Yeah, I mean, uh, once we get done with all the the awards during the beginning part of the meeting, when we talk about what's going on, what tournament's going on during the month, we get our club business done. We have a featured speaker. Uh, new this year also is we're featuring a, a different vendor from the fishing industry to come in and talk about their new product. It's a great way for new vendors to come out and, and, and meet a core group of fishermen and, and show them about the new product they have out there. But then what we're really known for is that, that raffle at the end of every club meeting. Oh, killer. 
probably close to right now almost fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars worth of raffle prizes every club meeting at the end okay let's repeat this again someone's interested in finding out more about the san diego anglers becoming a member how's the best way for them to get involved uh, easiest way is just go to our website at sandywanglers.com, download that membership form, or just come right to our meeting first Wednesday of the month at the Bahia Hotel, and, and they can sign up right there on the spot. So or, very or, low cost, $70 for an individual, $80 for a family. Uh, <laughs> that covers can't you all beat year. It. That's pretty reasonable. Hey, well, listen, Luis Almeida, I appreciate you being with us. Now, let's go out and catch some yellowtail for this yellowtail derby. I'd like to win this thing this year. Yeah, I've already seen some huge yellowtail come in. A lady that's here for the banquet, uh, she had a 37-pound yellowtail here in the last couple days. There's some there's some yellowtail starting to show up, and the, we're hearing the bluefin are now coming in. So it's going to be a great summer. All right, Luis. <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us, and I look forward to seeing you on the water. All right, thank you. Me too. This is Captain James Nelson. As a full-time fishing guide in San Diego, I am not only able to show my guests a memorable time on our waters, but my clients get to fish the same quality gear I choose to use. Whether pulling on drag-screaming bonefish in San Diego Bay, huge largemouth bass from our local lakes, or the feisty calico bass and yellowtail in our local kelp beds, I choose Cousins Fishing Rods to fit my needs. Quality fishing rods from Cousins Tackle keep me doing what I love to do. Take this from a dude that fishes for a living. Whether you fish saltwater or freshwater, bass or tuna, Cousins Tackle handcrafts their all-USA-made fishing rods with you, the angler, in mind. Check out their full line of high-quality fishing rods at CousinsTackle.com or call me, Captain James Nelson, at 619-395-0799 for my personal recommendations. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 
deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Well, we're all looking forward to a great 2015 season uh, where we're going to have full creels of fish, bringing in a, a lot of the bounty that's out there. But, you know, sometimes we have a little bit too much, and you want to go, well, I don't want to put it in the freezer. I don't want to get it freezer burned and everything like that. It's such a precious cargo. But we have with us Todd Buchel. He is from Fish, Food, and Feel Good, and he's got an idea and a suggestion of what we can do with some of that extra catch. Todd, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Thanks, Sean. How are you doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great. It's great having you on again. You know, you know, we've had you on for a few seasons. Yep. It seems like uh, we started off to you when you were just getting this thing off the ground. Yeah. Tell us, where has the organization gone okay. in the past couple of seasons? Yeah, well, we have been talking about five years now. Can you believe that? It's oh, already been man. five years. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I know. That. Uh, so we're, we're up to about 80,000 a year now we're collecting. Uh, a fish to feed 80,000 a year now. Um, it continues to expand, and that's what's great about you allowing me to be on your show is the more fishermen that learn about the charity, uh, the more fish that I'm able to collect, and the more people here in San Diego we can feed with that. All right. Well, just tell us briefly, how does fish food and feel good work? Okay. So um, the, the sport fishermen, when they catch their fish, if they're out on, on the charter boats, when the fish are wheeled up onto the docks, you have your choice of processing. Fish food, feel good. I work with Sarah at Five Star. Uh, you can just go to any one of the processors you want to use. But Sarah, she collects the at Five Star, they collect the donated fish. So if you wanted to go to one of the other processors or whatever, just... Five Star is the one where you can donate your fish. Um, they process it, and then what I do is once we collect about 500 to 1,000 pounds of fish, I then call whoever's next on rotation. For example, I work for San, uh, Father Joe's, San Diego Food Bank, San Diego Rescue Commission, PATH, Jewish Family Services. So whoever's next on rotation, John, I'll give them a call and say, hey, your 500 or 1,000 pounds is ready. Come on and collect your fish. And then they'll come on down and they'll get it. So as a fisherman, let's say uh, I go over to Five Star and yep. they have 200 pounds a processed fish for me then i can go over and say listen i'd like to take 100 pounds 
and I'd like to donate another 100 pounds of it to fish, food, and feel good. Right. I only get charged for that 100 pounds, and they pick up the rest. Absolutely. Good distinction, John. It's, uh, you only pay for the fish that you yourself want to have processed for yourself. All the other fish that you're giving to me is donated. There's obviously no charge to you for that. In fact, you'll get a little donation receipt form. You fill in into that form how much the fish that you've donated, and then you, you know you have your donation slip. Now, is there any way that this works outside of using the processor, or is this the way to ensure that the product that goes to Father Joe's or whatever organization is in pristine condition and, and is in a way that they can use it? You got it. You're absolutely right, John, and that's one of the reasons why I created Fish Food Feel Good is I wanted a transparent, safe way to collect these, this extra bounty that a fish sport fisherman may want to donate to a singular place. Now, you know, before there's sport fishermen always have been charitable. You know, some guy may catch a little bit. He's always wanted to do something charitable with it, but he may not have known what to do. Now there's a single place, fish would feel good. He can bring that fish to, and I can disseminate it amongst the charities. Uh, you know, that's great because of the fact that good, usable protein in a lot of these organizations that feed the homeless or whatever it is, yeah. is probably the hardest things to get. There's a lot of vegetables out there, You're right. a lot of carbohydrates, but when it comes to quality protein, it's the hardest substance to get. And it's also the most expensive, John. Protein oh, yeah. is the number one expense for any of these charity organizations. So when they're able to get literally sushi-grade fish, I mean, you should come to one of these charities on, on fish day. I mean, it's, it's just almost comical. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to say anything negative about the charities, but they have a certain budget, but when they're able to receive a prime food protein quality item like, you know, the, the tunas, the pelagics that we're collecting and distributing, uh, there's some serious happy faces. That's why I put feel good into the title. You go fishing, you we turn it into food, and then you feel good about donating, and then everybody feels good. Oh, that's great. Well, listen, if people want to find out more information, because this is something you have to kind of plan for ahead of time. You, when you go fishing, you have to figure okay if i'm going to catch something i got to get hold of the processor right make them know make uh, known what my intentions are so there's a little pre-painting that's ahead if you want to find out everything that fish food and feel good is about where can people go to get the information great well you can just go on our website uh, www.f3g.org or you can just google fish food feel good uh, there's plenty of information lots of wonderful um press has been out there in fact cbs just came down they do a nationwide network show uh, called game changers they came down from la a couple weeks ago they took a couple chargers out a bunch of underprivileged kids they took them out fishing on h&m um, the top gun 80 was generous enough to donate that trip then they took that fish over to father joe's where the deacon the guy in charge of father joe's actually came down with the chargers they flayed it all out and then they filmed the whole thing so it's kind of a cradle to grave television show that's going to be airing uh, nationwide so i'm really excited about that as Great. well you know a lot of people think how can i make a difference how how can something that I do, there's such a big problem out there. There's so little that I think I can do, but this is a way that everyone can contribute. Absolutely. To. You got it right there, John. All right, Todd Michelle, thanks a lot for being with us. And remember, fish, food, and feel good for that extra catch. Bring it through five-star. They know what to do with it, and they'll make sure it goes to the right place. Todd, thanks for being with us. You got it, buddy. Thanks for your time. All right. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Well, as we get deeper and deeper into spring, it's time for the Yellowtail Derby. And whoever to talk about the Yellowtail Derby is the director of the Derby himself, Mr. John Campbell. John, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a great show, and uh, we're having a good time here. I want to introduce Miss Yellowtail Derby of 2015, beautiful Tierra Haynes. Tierra, welcome to Ron Real Radio, and congratulations. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. You probably are aware of the rich tradition that you are carrying on by being Miss Yellowtail Derby. That's true, I am. I've been looking at older pictures and I've been trying to simulate the look. You might see some of those pictures here in the near future. Well, you've done a great job because each Miss Yellowtail has been absolutely stunningly beautiful and you fit that mold exactly. Thank you so much. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but tell me, as Miss Yellowtail Derby, tell me about some of your responsibilities. So some of my responsibilities are just to go out and get people pumped up about this tournament. Um, I have a background in um, promo modeling, so I go out and I kind of solicit the derby itself, and I talk about all the great benefits that the... um, the, the tournament has, has to, to offer. offer yeah. yeah. Like, there's $30,000 worth of cash and prizes this year, and also um, the winner also is going to receive their weight in um, Yellowtail Pale Ale, so that's also a great From perk. Ballast Point? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of go out, and I get people excited, and I take pictures and kind of spread the word through social media. And the one thing she's done, she's now got us on Facebook. She has built a Facebook page, Yelltail Derby Facebook, and it's got a lot of people already hitting on it. This is like the first day. We've got over 200 people already on it. So. Wow. So tell me now, uh, John, let's talk about the Derby itself. When does the Derby go through? From what date to what day? May 2nd through June 6th fishing, and June 7th is the awards party at the Bally High uh, Restaurant. And you've got some great, great sponsors. As a matter of fact, earlier I did an interview with uh, uh, Bill Buchanan from Cousins Rods, and he is excited to be a part of the Yellowtail Derby as he has supported this event for the past couple of years. Yes, he has. He came in with us last year, and just as they were really getting kicked off and steadily started, and we had a great experience with them. All the anglers love those rods, great quality fishing rod and 
you know, to get a, a like a raffle rod is worth two hundred and fifty bucks, and they're just they're really it's good a great equipment. Great prize, oh for sure. Yeah, so they're happy to be back. They he even asked me, he says, were the were the fishermen happy with us? I said, <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. I I remember because I've been lucky enough to MC that event for the past couple of years, and giving out the cousin's rod was one of the most exciting. Maybe. Maybe, uh, you know, the, the weighing for the uh, uh, Ballast Point PLL was pretty exciting, but those rods, what a great prize to win. It was, and, the, and the, really the, uh, the colorful part, it's not the biggest money part, the most colorful part is weighing in the winning yellowtail first place man, man or woman, because we had had one woman win, but that's just the colorful part, and they, they win their weight. And Ballast Point Yellowtail Pale Ale. And it's the only point in the tournament where you can cheat. You can put on a weight belt. You can have your, your fishing boots full of water, jackets, everything else on. So it's just kind of a fun, colorful, fun well, thing. Well, John, I'm going to win that this year, and I won't have to <laughs> cheat. <laughs> and I know you were one of the ones that really knows the Yellowtail Derby from the original, because, John, I know that you fished in the Yellowtail Derby I did, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to my dad just last week about the Yellowtail Derby, and he won a pen, rod, and reel back in 1955, 1956 yes. in the Yellowtail Derby. I was a little bit later. I think I was towards the end, somewhere like 1961, 1962. But it's a grand tradition, and especially we have to thank you for starting it up again and getting people excited about it. You started it at a time when the fit yellowtail weren't out there, but this is going to be, I think, a banner year. Yes, it was a little scratchy in the beginning in 2009, and uh, but uh, now that everybody's so excited, all the previous anglers, they're so excited to get in this and really start fishing again because it's a banner year. It's the best fishing in 30 plus years or more. So. Now, you're interested in Yelltail. Do you just hang around the boat docks or Tierra? What, uh, how did you get involved in this? No, actually, I've been fishing since I was in diapers. Um, Dad had me out at lakes and in the ocean, and I grew up in a boat. Um, so it's a passion of mine. I, am, I belong to an, um, a fishing club called San Diego Anglers. Yes. And I'm just in love with this sport all around. Well, it's a good sport to be in love with. No wonder she was looking at us kind of crazy, uh, John, when we were talking about 1956, 1960. She goes, man, you guys are old. <laughs> I wasn't even thought of yet. I know. <laughs> well, tell us about some of the sponsors and some of the gifts that are going to be available for the fishermen fishing the Yellowtail Derby this year. Some of the sponsors are... Angler's Arsenal, of course. Thank you. And the Belly High, uh, Sport Clips. Port of San Diego is our, our major sponsor and uh, stand behind us. Uh, who else? Uh, the Bay Club and Custler uh, uh, Boats. Um, and uh, Boyce, Boyce Imaging, uh, Bill Boyce and his, his great things. West Marine, uh, Everingham Brothers, Bait Company. Um, Fisherman's Landing, who also are doing a uh, Guess the Weight tournament during for, for the Yellowtail Derby. Uh, all, the, all the landings, H&M, Point Lomas, 
um, and uh, and uh, sports uh, Fisherman's Landing, uh, Tom Ham's Lighthouse, uh, Hotel Buena Vista Beach Resort with some trips down there. Nice. Um, 976 Bite, Terra Fins, uh, Fast Signs, which makes, makes our banners, uh, Tommy Gomes and his uh, Uni Butter, and more. Oh, for sure. Now, Tara, i got to say, we cannot see this over the radio, but you are dressed in the classical early uh, 1960s style. You look, you look stunning. Thank you so much. I feel very classy today. <laughs> Not only that, now, come the uh, kickoff, will Miss Yellowtail Derby be crowned with the, uh, the tiara of office? Yes. Uh, actually, at the, uh, the kickoff party... April 29th, the uh, she'll be crowned there as well. Uh, that's at the Valley High, April 29th, six o'clock. And then, uh, uh, actually, we actually crowned her at the ocean, uh, the upward open bay bass tournament. You're right. We, so we that, put a crown on. That's her. where it all started off. Now we're running out of days to enter and to get into the St. John. If people are more interested in finding out information about the actual Derby Day lengths, how to enter, how to get into it, all the different options that you have, because not only is it yellowtail this year, it's going to be halibut, it's going to be white sea bass. Where can they go to get this information? Yellowtailderby.com. Pretty simple. It's $70 for the whole tournament, but there's an early entry by April 4th, it's for, it's fifty dollars. So okay. so sign up early and come on and come come to the parties. It's a lot of fun. And there's also there's three different ways different craft. You can go on an open party boat, private boat, or a kayak. And there's there's those categories are, you can win in those plus the different fish. So yellowtail, halibut, white sea bass. There's multiple ways to fish plus the largest fish on each weekend. Okay and. To get your fish certified to be eligible for the derby if you are on a party boat or if you're on a private boat or even if you're fishing on a kayak, how do you go about doing that? The important thing is fish have to be weighed in the same day. So there's no multi-boat, multi-day trip type stuff. But you can you can weigh them in on certified scales. The easiest way is to go to the, to the Marlin Club on Shelter Island or the Marlin Club, or actually the... Dana Landing uh, uh, Fuel Dock has a certified scale there as well. But any other certified state scale you can give. Also, Angler's Arsenal has a scale. Yes, we do. Yep. So, uh, so you can do that too. Well, Tara, are you going to be out there fishing for that grand prize? I am actually going to be hosting a charter. All right. Um, more info to come. Please check our Facebook page, Yellowtail Derby. Friend us on Facebook. Um, if you have questions, we can answer them there, or you can get a hold of us um, at yellowtailderby.com. Yeah, at the, at the website, yellowtailderby.com. So I'm excited about this. I do plan on getting out on the water. Um, I I guess I'm allowed to fish, so I'm going to go out yeah. there and I'm going to compete with all of you guys. You know, and if you win, I'll be more than happy to stand on that scale of pale <laughs> ale with you. Okay. <laughs> I'll donate it back. Wouldn't that be a sight? Hey, John Campbell, thanks a lot for being with us and running the Yellowtail Derby. I know we'll be checking in with you from time to time with more information 
as the Derby comes along. Thank you, John Cassidy. You're a great friend and a great sponsor, and we always love to be on your show. All right. Hey, we're here at the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing, and one of the really keystones of H&M Landing is the Red Rooster, and with the owner-operator of the Red Rooster, we are with Andy Cates. Andy, welcome to Rod and Real Radio, guy. Hey, it's great to be here. Great. What a fantastic season. I mean, it, it seems like two years ago it was going to be tough, and then all of a sudden things turned around, and now you're really in it. Yeah, no, we've had a great year this year, and... Uh, with what's expected for the next year, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things I always like to tell people, they always say, hey, what are we going to catch this year? What are we going to get this year? I say, hey, I'll let you know in October, November, what we're going to catch, because it's impossible to say. But conditions are very good up and down the coast, and there's already been quite a, big, good, a good sign of bluefin tuna. I just talked to Frank Lepresti. His boat caught some bluefin tuna on the way down on the last trip. So it, it looks pretty good. So hopefully it works out. You know, uh, we're here at the 80th anniversary of H&M landing uh, and we've talked about the development of the landing but really one of the keys here that you don't find anywhere else is the long-range fishing and and tell us a little bit about what you think is the health of the long-range fishery here uh, out of San Diego. Oh the health of it? Yes. Oh I think it's going to be a a long industry that we have that's already got a huge footprint in San Diego and not only that but in the United States and worldwide I mean especially with the social media and the amount of advertising that we've done over the years here recently in the last two or three years the Facebook accounts the the, uh, email and internet accounts that we have um, it's worldwide, and we're just going to see as this as this county, this country gets more populated, we're just going to see more anglers. That's what it looks like to me. So we may even, <laughs> I hate to say it, but we may need new bo- more boats in the future. Well, when you look at it right now, uh, trying to get aboard one of the long-range boats is going to be a pretty tough thing if people don't get on right now as we're talking in March because you're booked. Absolutely. It's hard to get on these trips now. And the popularity and, of course, you know, the economy turning around and people doing much better these days has had a big impact on everyone. And um, if those of you that have not figured out what boat you're going to go on, I'd, I'd look at it right now. Especially, I've found that a lot of those five, six, and seven-day trips has become a real, you know, bread and butter for these trips. Guys want to come out a little bit longer, invest a little more time in the trips and um, get into the next field of long-range fishing, you know, three to three to five, then five to seven, then eight to ten, then ten to fifteen, and it goes up from there, but it's it's incredible what you can actually see on these boats. Well, started, it seems like it's a natural evolution. You're starting off with the uh, Friends of Rolla, getting the kids involved, mm-hmm. getting the uh, mom and dad involved, and uh, three-quarter day trips, and day-and-a-half trips, and the next thing you know, they're giving you a call, and they want to go on a long-range trip. That's how it works. And, you know, a lot of these um, boats, especially, um, well, I shouldn't say especially, but a lot of these boats, long-range boats, um, will do um, introductory trips, day-and-a-half trips, uh, two-day trips, three-day trips, especially when they've got a little gap in time. They'll put some together so that people can come out and not do the big time and money investment, but get a taste for what goes on here, the luxury, the service that's available. And not only that, but but the um, the experience that you get when you come out on these boats is, is incredible. And a lot of times, you know, you have people that have come out on a day-and-a-half trip and they see what goes on out here, the caliber of fishing, um, and they continue to come out. They'll come oh. out on a three, then they come out on a five. It's the birth of it. You know, some people just see a boat, but this is just more than a fishing platform. This is a business. This is a business that you've involved not only a lot of financial resources, but personal time in to make it 
uh, an operation that is first class for your customers that come and visit with you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a living being, this boat is. It's, it's not just a building or a, a floating building. It's a living being. It's got a lot of character. And your crew, you know, your crew and your people in your office, they are the beginning of the character of the boat. And um, I, I, I certainly believe that we have very good character and a very welcoming boat and um, a lot of people agree with me on that. Let's talk a little bit about the fishery. You know a lot of people say well the good old days are back in the 60s. I see all the pictures of people on the boats with all the fish but I've got a feeling that looking at 2015 the good old days are going to be right now. Yeah, well, they're, it's, everything's relative, man. It, it's you know, you, you can't compare apples to oranges. And is it like it was in 1960? I don't think so. But it's great fishing, you know. It just depends on the caliber that we that we have on these boats is incredible. Something that you'll never see on your own boat, or something that you'll never see when you go to another country. And that that's part of the lure here, you know. With with our biggest tool that we have is communication and live bait. You know, and and that's what gets the consistency, and that's what gives us the uh, the the leverage against fish that don't want to bite. You know, we can get them get them turned up and get them going, and, and that's what gives you that caliber where you can actually get thirty people satisfied. We take thirty one people on this boat. Oh yeah. You know, and you got to satisfy thirty one people in one day. Everyone's got to get more than one bite, and that's what it's all about. You know, some guys will come out thirty one people. Some guys will get three or four fish. Some people will get one, but that's a lot. That's a lot of bites, that's a lot of fishing, that's a lot of activity. And anymore, it's all about the entertainment. Doesn't matter, we're not taking this fish home and selling it, it's the entertainment. How many bites did I get? How many chances did I get? How much fish did I catch? It's all relative of what's going on. And is this compared to 1960? No, but in 1960, you didn't have a boat like this to go on. So there you go. Not by any means. (laughs) Everyone was going down on dead reckoning, you didn't have the electronics. Absolutely. And needless to say, the comfort. The food, the ride of the boat, uh, everything is just, uh, you're, you're in the entertainment business. This is like a floating hotel that you can fish from. It's exactly what it is, man. And do people need a 1,000 pounds of fish to take home? No, no, they don't. So what we try and do now is we really emphasize on quantity. Or not quantity, I'm sorry. We emphasize on quality, quality not sure. quantity. So, you know, it, it, I always tell people, hey, if it's a fish that you can t- hold up and get a picture with and be proud of, keep it. If it's not, let it go. You don't need that. You know, you don't need a little 8-pound yellowtail. Get something that's nice. Get an 18, 22-pound yellowtail, something you get a picture with. Get a nice tuna, 25, 30, 40-pound tuna, something you get a picture with. And that's the one that you want to keep. You don't want to keep the rat. Well, you've talked about quality, though. How can an individual who catches the fish, let's say, 13 days away from being home, expect that fish to be of any quality? What have you done to ensure that that quality is there when he comes into port? Well, you know, there's a number of things. With the refrigeration on these boats, a lot of guys have gone, and us included, have gone to refrigerating the fish, which is a a process called RSW. And and basically what it does is it brings the fish down to 30 degrees, which gives people the option to the the expert um, fish handlers that we have at the dock now. I mean, the, the... the Five Star, the Fisherman's Landing, um, the uh, Mario Sportsman's, they, they all do such a fantastic job with grooming these fish and vacuum, pan- vacuum packing the fish at, a, at, a, at a, 
a, a price that is so reasonable. I mean, it's you can't afford not to get them cut, you know. So, and not only that, but we 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 have this fish and we take really good care of it, bleed it. A lot of guys will gill and gut them and throw them down into the well. And where they sit, and then when they come out, it's not cannery grade fish; it's more of a market grade fish. So then you're taking home a little better um, grade of fish. All right. Well, I know we're here at uh, the 80th anniversary celebration. A lot of people asking about your time, but if people want to find out more about the Red Rooster, how to book a trip, what the schedule is, where can they go? They can go to our website at www.redrooster3.com or look us up on our Facebook, Red Rooster Three. All right. And, Andy, you've been a good friend of Rod and Reel Radio for a long time. Trudy Giesland says to say hello. And always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, we want to say hello to you, too. Oh, great. Trudy's great. I haven't seen her in a long time. I just saw her today. She's in great shape and everything like that. She knew we were going to be out here, and she wanted us to say hello to you. Oh, terrific. All right. Well, Bill was a great guy, and God bless him. And uh, I hope he's in a great place. All right. Much success to you, sir, and have a great season. And we'll be talking from you uh, to you from time to time to see how things are going. Thanks a lot for being with us. All right. Thank you. Well, that's it for this Sunday evening. Hope you enjoyed it. Listen again every Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. to Ron Real Radio on AM 540 or at Ron Com. So on behalf of JR, our local engineer in the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, who does most of our work here in San Diego, and always a memory of Big Tuna Bill Giesland, we want to thank you again for listening. We look forward to seeing you on the water. Go out and get them. They're getting away. We're out for now. Oh, yeah.